0: Enjoy the magic and the men and the comedy behind Talking Tricks with Cain and Abel live. You can see our live comedy magic show at the following places. We'll be at the Brighton Fringe Festival on the 4th, 5th, 6th and 31st of May as well as the 1st and 2nd of June. We'll be at the Hastings Comedy Fringe on the 14th of June and we'll be at Kendall Calling on the 26th, 27th and 28th of July. And then, of course, we're returning to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival throughout August with two shows. The Two Magicians with Kane and Abel, our brand-new show, and as well as that, split Egg, a magic show about being twins, which was nominated for Best Free Show last year. Visit www.cainandabelmagic.com for more. You're listening to Talking Tricks, the home of amazing stories from magic, circus, variety and comedy performers. Hello and welcome to Talking Tricks, a podcast with us, Cain and Abel, two magicians with the exact same voice. Two magicians that are delighted and very grateful that we've had a wonderful, wonderful uh, bank holiday weekend at Brighton Fringe Festival, a complete sellout of shows. Alright, stop bragging. I'm not bragging, it's just important to know we've got to say thank you and give our thanks. Well, the people that came, we thanked on the night. That is true. No, we didn't. That's a lie. On the day. On the afternoon. In, in the afternoon. Of, of an afternoon. There was those few people that we thanked in the night time that didn't want to be thanked. Well, so yeah. You we followed them home and said you. Hey, really thanked that one. Yeah. What a thank you. That was a real good thanking they had there. Um, but we'll be back in Brighton at the end of the month. So we'd love to see you there. Uh, thank you to everyone at the Warren. Amazing staff. But it's not all good news from Brighton. Hmm, there were some bad moments, wasn't there? Well, Brighton, notorious for seagulls, I was victim to a, a seagull theft. And by that I mean a seagull stole something of mine, not my seagull was stolen by someone else. Yeah, so, t- so tell more, because I would say it was almost assault and theft. Yeah. I'm not really happy about it, to be honest, I don't really bother. To... I bought a Cornish pasty, as you do in it's Brighton, it's it's it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the options of the Cornish pasties <laughs> was medium for £4.90, or large for £5.60. Yeah, with it being a 7 I'm not 8. an idiot, I'm not an idiot. Oh, I'm not an idiot. I'm... <laughs> Obviously, I'm go to get the large, Yeah. it's 70p for that extra bit. As it turned out, that extra bit was stolen off me by a seagull on the beach. But it didn't really even steal it. It pulled it out of my hand with quite some force, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Because, you know... I'm one sure there you could hold on to it, the Cornish pasty. Well, I'm sure there's people that listening to this that might have ne- never seen me, but I should I should let you all know that I'm quite a hench guy, a heavy set guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm clearly a, a physical athlete of a magician. He's had I'm seen. a modern day magician. You've had your tea. No, I'm strong. That's the impression I'm creating. I'm, I'm, I'm a muscly guy. Okay. Um, so this seagull ripped it out of my hand with so much force, but not enough force to carry away with it, so it ended up on the beach. Well, it actually ended up in the bin. It fell on the beach and then I made the decision that I could either leave it on the beach, seagull, or one of its family members could come back and finish it off, or I could take it away in the beach, put it in the bin, and no one gets food. So that's what I did. No, one, no one's eating today. <laughs> everyone got everyone hungry that day. And then when you had that bacon and egg bap, you, you, that nearly got taken away as well by another seagull. Yeah. So, but you won that one. Yeah, but it was fucking close. <laughs> it, <wasn't. laughs> it was. <laughs> you were meant to be looking out for it. Well, coming up now. What, what we're <laughs> learning here is that if you're eating something and you have a watch out, don't take Abel with you as your watch-out. i Because he's, he's completely useless. I'm easily distracted. Coming up on Talking Tricks today, we've got a very Abel. exciting... And a slight Abel! Hello. Can I stop you there? Uh, it's not not on the script that you were going to stop me here. I've done it again. What have you done? I've got you a present. Go to the toilet if What? I've bought you a present. A late birthday present. Goodness. In the style of a guest. I've booked a guest. You've booked another guest. They're inside that box. You may be able to hear them tittering a little bit from inside that box. I thought it was just a new a new guinea pig that you'd got me rustling around in the box. But it's a guest? It's a shiny guest. A shiny new toy. Do you want to guess who it is before they pop out of the box? Oh, goodness. I don't know. Is it a magician? It's not a magician. Okay. Can I have a clue? There. Well, the box is uh, roughly five foot two inches tall, which gives them two inches, inches feet. Five foot and two inches yep. tall, right, which gives them two inches free in the box. So they're roughly five foot tall. They're roughly five foot dead. My goodness. So they, can they go on all of the rides at Alton Towers? No. Okay. Uh, my girlfriend's five we, foot. It. Were you play. able? Were you able to see through the box there with your telekinesis no, eyes? I would see and through the, see the box. That they were shaking their <laughs> <head. laughs> <Aunt laughs> that the They couldn't go the on box, all the right. The box was shaking from <laughs> side to side. Um, right, it's not. It's not the missus, is it? It's, it's not because missus. we're not talking about Wellington boots today. No, she can drive a car. Right. Okay. It's not our mum then. <laughs> no, that lazy cow. Never learned, did she? She can play roughly. 12 musical instruments, and I'm not sure if that means she can play 12 musical instruments roughly, or what? she could play roughly 12 musical instruments, right. but that's something for us to clean up when we start the, uh, the questioning. Oh my goodness. I don't. She's a maze master. <laughs> it's Richard O'Brien. No. Richard A. Awadi. She does an incredible impression of a bee. Mm. Who do I know that does an impression of a bee? Anything else? That's all I've got here. Shall I open up the box? Open up the box, let's have a look. <laughs> Who's this it? ribbon? Oh. <laughs> hey! 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 It's Katie Pritchard! <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello, Katie Pritchard! Hello. How are you? Good, how are you? Very well, thank you for being a guest on Talking Tricks.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Now, it's very exciting to have you here because... What a shock, hey? What a shock, but a relevant shock, because Katie Pritchard, you are now officially the musical comedian of the year
2: <laughs> that's true
0: that's a that's nice true. accolade to have
2: yeah yeah oh yeah
0: tell us all about yeah. it
2: <laughs> um well it just only happened two weeks ago so it's still sinking in yeah i only put my beautiful vinyl trophy up two days ago mm-hmm. so it's very funky fresh but it feels pretty cool I've done double thumbs up to show how cool it feels. Both
0: the thumbs up. Maybe are we could take a photo. We of that could later. take a photo of that later. <laughs> um, so, for people that don't know, what are the musical comedy awards? Uh, what does it all entail? And uh, tell us about the whole process of entering and then winning.
2: It's like the Hunger Games of the musical comedy world. We all have to fight it out, fist to fist. No, I'm it's the nicest competition <laughs> in any com- comedy competition, and it's one of the few times that musical acts get to gig together. So the gigs are super fun, and whenever I've done it, I've made a bazillion friends from the competition. So it's not like I I, I feel like it it's not particularly competitive in the same way that a lot of other competitions are. Yeah. But everyone's very supportive of each other because if you think a musical comedy that's one bit of comedy, um, but within that it's so vast and varied, so actually when you're competing, not not many people will have the same style of music, or maybe people would integrate different things into act, it. so it's just really nice to like hang out with your buds and be like, oh, I've never seen you before, I've just, I've heard of you, <laughs> because... Um, yeah, it's not good to have more than one musical act on a bill, is what it feels like sometimes. Yeah. Um, so when uh, when we get booked, we're few and far between. But then when we get to do the competition and everyone's there, it's super nice.
0: And where was the competition held? And was it like, did you have to do a series of heats before a live final? Tell us about the structure of it.
2: The heats were on in uh, the Phoenix, but before you get to the heats, so they... They take video submissions and then they cut it down to, I think, 40 that would compete in the first round. Right. So there's some people that will enter a video and maybe not get to the live heat yet. But as a competition, they're they're so supportive, which is, I think, what breeds the supportive nature of the competition. So they just like everyone to keep entering and they're trying to make also the most varied...
0: They want a good
2: show. They want a good show. They want it to be like showcase, the, you know, the best of musical comedy from the get-go. And I think, like, feedback from the regulars has was that the heats, the first heats especially, were, like, the strongest that they've ever been. So sometimes it's like you're sat there and you're going, oh, literally everyone smashed it. They could choose anyone. And it's quite nice. It's like they've got judges but it's also got an audience vote as well. And the audience are encouraged to vote for six people out of the twelve people that compete. So as an audience you can vote for half of the acts. Oh, cool. Which means that it, it really does cancel out anyone that's just going to support their friends because they they have to their vote and form only counts if they've voted for six people.
0: Oh that's
2: good. So it means that you get actually a really good read of how well the acts have gone down in the room.
0: Yeah, um, not just a popularity
2: contest, Yeah, exactly, yeah. which some competitions are, yeah. and other competitions are just on judges' votes, uh, which means that they don't take into consideration what the crowd's up to. So, actually, it, I think they've done their best, like making it a, a really nice, fair competition. And then, so there's heats, quarterfinals. I skipped straight from the quarterfinals into the final. Hello, how did you do um, that? Who did you pay did you say that on, on air? How much
0: did that cost?
2: So they have this um, thing. It's actually really nice because semi-finals are my arch nemesis, <laughs> <laughs> um, where uh, the so there's two quarterfinal heats, and in each quarterfinal, the acts, the two acts with the most amount of votes will go straight into the final. So four of us went straight from quarterfinal into the final and then there's a semifinal and then and they put a wild card through oh. from the semi-final rounds as well. So you know, I think there was 11 of us there were 11 of us competing in the finals to win prizes basically.
0: <laughs> and I want to talk about your style of comedy mm-hmm. um, but before then, You kind of mentioned that it's really nice to be performing with all these other people that you've maybe heard of or Mm -hmm. maybe seen a little bit. Who else were some of the finalists, I suppose, then, that you kind of particularly admired?
2: Stepdads came, they came second, and I met them at the Sketch Off competition. I think they also came second there, and they're just so joyful to watch. Like, they're so silly. I don't know, for me, it was really interesting to to watch them. What was interesting I think about um, the Musical Comedy Awards this year is that in the finals they did actually represent a really wide range so there was some improv in there there were people doing what you'd expect uh, like your classic musical comedy with guitar and songwriters there and you have people doing all the parodies and mashups and all this stuff and actually it was just a really lovely showcase of the wide variety of what musical comedy is instead of you know as I'm sure you guys get with Magic and, and your shows people try to pigeonhole what they think the genre is um, without realising that it, it's so it can be so many so much more than that yeah so that was really nice actually at the final to just be like whoa look at how different everyone like if you compared two acts together that, like, no two acts were the same. So it was just really nice, yeah.
0: And then what What did your competition act look like? Because I've seen a Katie Pritchard hour-long show. Was it a <laughs> condensed version of that? Your yes. sort of killer, I don't know how, how long you, you're allowed, whether it's a 12-minute, 15-minute act. Was it kind of a condensed version of that or had you put a few bits together especially for it?
2: Yeah, so it was seven minutes Let's just say my <laughs> my set was very fast <laughs> to try and fit into seven minutes. But um, yeah, I just wanted to show like quite a nice range of stuff. I mean, you guys have seen all the bits, so I did a Roman bit, my Tapestry bit, and my Joan of Arc bit. Just squidged in, and I underdressed all my costumes, so I didn't take, waste any time doing my quick changes. Because normally I change on stage with my own theme tune, um, but I I just thought if I take that out, I can fit in three songs. And what was beautiful was um, I've got projection for when I'm in bigger venues so that people at the back can see just how rubbish I'm being <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> and um, the screen at the Bloomsbury is like the whole um, s- like height and width of the stage. So it's just this giant screen.
0: A giant Katie Pritchard. Yeah wow. and then
2: Joan of Arc it just zooms into my face uh, of photos <laughs> that were taken while I was doing my Joan of Arc bit so actually I think that was so fun because it really conveyed I think so people at the back just, how shit my costume is, <laughs> that i just spent ages making, <laughs> how crap it
1: looked. Um.
0: What's next then off the back of this? It's the greatest musical comedians in the world. Is there an opportunity for people to see this showcase again?
2: Um, not the exact yeah. night, um, but there is a musical comedy Best Of showcase in May. So they've compiled um, previous winners uh, from the competition and people that work in musical comedy that are huge, so Bandamans, headlining and stuff. So it's me, I I get to do it, yay! And the um, Maris Piper who won the audience vote and they came third, they're also going to be performing there as well, so... Yeah, it's like, really nice that we get to go together <laughs> for our competition.
0: And um, facts and figures then. where Where is that on and when and all that jazz?
2: That is on the 9th of May at Underbelly on South Bank. And I think it starts at 9.15 on the South Bank. I know.
0: That must be cool. Did you know that that would be, uh, if you won it, you would get to play there? Or is that just a nice little bonus you found out afterwards?
2: That w- was... Uh, if I'm honest, I didn't actually know what the prize was <laughs> <laughs> because I um, just really wanted to be in the final. So I didn't actually look up what the prize was. I knew there was some kind of cash prize from when I did the final before, um, but when I did the final before, I d- it was my first time performing in a big venue. So I actually I learned so much, but I wasn't the best that I could be because I was like oh (laughs) there's 900 people here (laughs) slightly different to the 30 people I gigged for last night Um, so yeah I wanted to go back and just do the final like and now that I've learned all the things about performing in big venues like having a projection screen works really well for me so that people know how crap it is Um, and um, so I'd actually ruled out (laughs) the idea that I would place or win anything and I thought, oh, maybe maybe I can go for, like, aim for, like, audience vote, maybe. That would be nice. Um, and then when they were doing, like, who, who'd placed and, and obviously they announced the winner last, I just was like, oh, well, it, could, it literally could be anyone. So I was just chilling out backstage. Um, and then they said my name. I cried the whole way I walked across. I wasn't expecting to win. And then after I had to speak to Ed, I was like, Ed, who runs it I was like what do I win <laughs> and he's like what do you mean what do you win I was like I didn't um I really genuinely didn't think that this would happen so I have I have no idea what what it is and he's like oh I'll send you an email about it so I got this email with this breakdown of loads of cool things that um come with the with the title prize um so yeah this has been really like sweet two weeks well, like, Ed's like, hey Katie, got this gig on South Bank in the Underbelly? And like, I've never gigged there either, so yeah. I'm like, oh, that's it's one that I've always wanted to do a, a gig in, so that would be really nice.
0: Yeah, you know, it's on way. our list of places we haven't gigged in that we want to do a show in, um, so I guess you're really looking forward to it, and yeah. be really good fun.
2: Yeah, because I've seen a few shows in there, and I, every time I've been like, this feels like such a nice um, space to do a set in, um, so I get to go back and do my competition final set basically and have a nice time hopefully
0: awesome and um for people that maybe haven't heard you Mm -hmm. um or seen you perform before how would you explain what it is that you do (laughs) um
2: bat shit crazy uh it's very high energy Fusion comedy. (laughs) (laughs) I got characters. I got questions. I got props. I got music. I got really bad projection screen that I made on PowerPoint, um, and just all about very stupid things, basically.
0: And a lot of the stuff you do is, or well, you certainly got you got the horrible history show. Um,
2: Uh, I've got the hysterical history. Hysterical oh. history. Oh. Show. I, cut. I know this was yeah. a surprise oh. guess that
0: you knew nothing yeah. about. I yeah. haven't done my research. Just remembering no. what I was told in the car. Hysterical history. Yes. Um, tell us all about that show because we kind of saw that under a different name in yeah. Carlisle.
2: So you guys saw it when it was called Sketchy Wetchy Wetchy with a silent T at the start. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, I, I did it under that title because I just wanted to work the show a little bit. But yeah, it's essentially, it's um, a musical comedy show about history. Um, it's very stupid, very silly, um, and I just prance around in my costumes. Yeah, so it's just a musical comedy show about history, very stupid, as you'd expect. And um, yeah, I don't really know, like, <laughs> that's just what it is. <laughs> um, so there's lots of different elements that go into the show, and... Um, um hopefully it's enjoyable for any age so my idea was that it's like a it's a family show essentially but um i mean you guys came just with no kids yeah. and hopefully that was fine and then we had that really tiny child who was 4 in there yeah. um so you know it should be suitable for everyone hopefully
0: and i think it is and tell us about some of the characters from history that you do songs about
2: um so obviously henry the eighth i mean he lends himself so well to a comedy <laughs> um uh joan of arc i uh, do a little roman um
0: that famous snail
2: that famous snail from history so, That famous. I mean, the snail is the thing <laughs> the snail is in there for, to illustrate a point but um but it's so interesting that all my reviews from kids always chat about my snail impression, and that's not particularly a, a, a famous historical figure. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes um, sometimes it would be nice uh, to get a review on some historical figure <laughs> from the show. We
0: thought uh, Joan of Arc was incredibly accurate, <laughs> and the snail was funny. Yeah.
2: <laughs> What's interesting about Joan of Arc is I think um, a, lot, a, a lot of... I don't think it's Joan of Arc is taught about actually in primary schools, um, I think I must have learnt about her actually from philosophy in A-level, <laughs> I think, rather than in any of my history subjects, um, so a lot of the kids don't necessarily know her, they might have heard of her but they don't know what what she did or what she's famous for or anything, um, so it is interesting to do that bit to the kids, because um, I think she's a fun person from history like to find out about. And my hope is that they watch that bit and then they're like, I'm going to research this Joan of Arc. I wonder if she really did eat cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something that I've clearly made up. <laughs> Slash could be true.
0: I don't think I knew who Joan of Arc was properly until the Orange Wednesday advert that had Joan of Arc in. Do you remember that Orange Wednesdays advert? No. You know Orange Wednesdays? Yeah. That was, they were making the Joan of Arc film but it was ruined by some executive producer. because oh,
2: they had their phone on.
0: Because they had their phone on.
2: Classic.
0: Yeah. And oh. uh, that's how I first learned about Joan of Arc. And then I watched the show, and then I did Wikipedia her afterwards. Did you? And I was like, it's, it's bullshit. She's never had a block of red Lester in her life. Gay dude, Richard
1: Yeah, so I might have... Uh,
2: might have um, added in my love of cheese to that <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we've met, we share many things, me and Joan so I thought <laughs> how
0: can I get away with buying cheese before every show
2: it's a prop gotta do, my <laughs> re- gotta do my research on the cheese
0: the number one podcast for great stories from the world of magic, circus, comedy and variety, you're listening to Talking Tricks.
1: Oh, I see, yes, yes it is, I'm gonna be Joan of Arc so let's go back in time <laughs> to, the, to the 1400s to where Joan was leading France's army into battle. Whoa. let's have this place, okay, oh, bonjour. <laughs> Je suis Joan of Arc. <laughs> oh la la, I lost a cigarette. <laughs> I think that's how she's spoke. Mm. France, <laughs> I might be a little red since I might <laughs> but the voice of God is spoken to me and I'm besotted bird is 'Cause I don't want to die in this fight, die in this fight. Jo, 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 jo. That's my name, remember it? <laughs> I've got to be my own fireman, so I won't die. John, joo joo jo, joo.
0: So outside of uh, historical figures, what mm-hmm. else influences your uh, comedy?
2: Um, well, loads of different things. I think, like um, I'm often described as having like a good observations, but in a very surreal way. So I guess a lot of the time, I am chatting about things that I um, have looked at or seen, but from a different point of view to probably what most people would share um just for fun but that's just how my brain works I think so I would be shopping in Tesco in the lettuce aisle and be like oh what's this lettuce got to say for itself let's <laughs> write a little song about it
0: <laughs> and what's um kind of looking ahead then from here what, what sort of festivals and things like that are you are you at?
2: Um, I'm doing Brighton Fringe and Cambridge Fringe um, and obviously Edinburgh going up for the full month. Mm. Um, Where
0: are you in Edinburgh?
2: In Edinburgh I'm at Globe Bar uh, just on Nidry Street at six o'clock.
0: We love Globe Bar.
2: It's so nice. It's
0: the best place to watch football in Edinburgh and it's actually brilliant a pretty cheap pint it's a very so cheap pie, Perfect very cheap for my
2: pie. clientele. For your clientele. Yeah. Drunk football fans. Uh, drunk football fans that really want to watch me dress up like a spider. Yeah. <laughs> there, perfect, get them in.
0: So maybe put a song about Bobby Moore or something into yeah. your Edinburgh show. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Maybe Bobby Moore is what I call my moon cup or something like this, you know. Yeah, yeah. You never know.
0: I think so. And are you taking the same show to all of those festivals? Are you taking multiple shows to all of those festivals? What are your offerings at Brighton, Cambridge, and then Edinburgh? M- multiple shows. <laughs> I
2: didn't learn my lesson. So I'm doing my historical Histories show, not in Edinburgh, but at all the other festivals. Yeah. And my new show, which is called Storm Stud. Oh. That's, that's the one going to Edinburgh. Um, but I did do two shows last year, and um, I don't know... Did you guys see me at all? Like, we that saw you was in the, the street. Yeah, in yeah. the street. <laughs> uh, my friend came in um, halfway through and was like, you look like you were so tired. <laughs> and, like, I had this schedule which was mental. It was like, I'd do my kids' show, like my hysterical, well, sketchy-wetchy-wetchy yeah. with a silent tea. Um, <laughs> then I'd have a nap, then do my Tsunami-wami-wami with another silent tea. You can see what I did there last year. <laughs> um, and then straight into an improv show then have another nap and then go out um and it just was like just a bit much so I've kind of learnt my lesson in that I'm not taking the family show but I am doing my show and potentially in multiple other shows
0: in and no the days off.
2: <laughs> one day one off day but off. I have got a show booking that day for a fun a fun event in the day
0: so no days off, No days, really, days off, really. really. Ah. And um, so where are you on in Brighton, and where and when?
2: Okay, so um, for Stormstud, which is my new show, which is all about uh, being given really crap advice and doing the exact opposite of it, um, that is on at Artista on the 15th and 29th of May. Um, and then Hysterical Histories is coming to the Warren Theatre, the 28th of May to the 2nd of June just for a fun final week of the festival hopefully everyone is gagging for a bit of musical comedy about history at that point I think
0: they probably will be yeah, I yeah. think they will be yeah right
2: this is the week to learn about King Henry the Eighth and all of his wives get <laughs> get me to that show <laughs>
0: <laughs> have won't. you played in the Artista before yes it's a cool venue isn't yeah
2: it? it's so nice I like the foliage yeah Mm. And the low ceilings are good for me. Yeah. Maybe not for you guys. We,
0: no, we like to, to the... throw things as well. Yeah. yeah. Up in the air. Like, and... right. oh. oh. Yeah. Well, I... yeah. You Sorry. go. You go. No, you we're go. It's all about you. No, you go. <laughs> you, go. <laughs> you go. You go. I was just going to say, when we played in the Artista, we had a, a, a stag group in. And everyone knew it was a stag group coming. And everyone was like, oh, God, it's a stag group coming. And I was like, oh, we're going to have to be really laddie for the stag group. But then they were like the... Least laddie stags ever. Yeah. They well after the show in the artista, they went to meet the bride on the hen do. So the hen and the stag do combined.
2: Well, that's nice.
0: Because they didn't want to have an, a night off from, oh, from the lady. That's
2: really sweet. They were, yeah, we
0: were, if I was on a stag do, and they were like, right, we're gonna go meet the 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 ladies now. I'd be
2: like, but maybe they always all go out strange. together. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that's quite nice. Don't you? I
0: had a stag do
2: <laughs> I had a stag do in Artista when I was there on Saturday. Yeah. Stag crazy there. Stag crazy. And they had um, one woman on the stag do as well. So it was a really nice, inclusive stag do. They gifted me a giant pair of sunglasses as well. Yeah. They were like, you're now on the stag do. I was like, I've got to go back to London, but thank you. <laughs> really appreciate the glasses. I'll be on
0: the stag do for the next five minutes and then i Yeah, yeah.
2: I'll be on it for this interval, and then I've got to go. <laughs> they were really fun, though.
0: Yeah, we made the stag drink a raw egg. Oh! And they, liked, they said to us afterwards, we'd suggested it for that, yeah. because it's the only stag, traditional stag thing that, that he's done, because we didn't arrange a anything. a traditional
2: stag thing? But it's like
0: a prank, isn't it's it? It's just a bit right. silly, isn't they it? Hadn't done it? They hadn't, right. hadn't arranged any pranks for him. Yeah, so we offered him a, an egg to drink, Because we broke an egg in our show and the stag drank it and they thanked us because they were like it's the only staggy thing we've done on it but we could talk about stag forever here. We're rambling. We're rambling. <laughs> we're we? rambling. Um, I want to quickly talk about Cambridge because it's not a festival I know a lot about, so it ah. might be a festival that the listener Ooh. doesn't know much about. Yeah. Um, t- tell us all about that, exactly what you're doing there and how that festival...
2: So it's the Cambridge Free Fringe Festival. Mm. It's only on for one day. It's on the 26th of May. Um, and uh, it's very nice. Like They only have, I think, three maybe four venues, all within walking distance. And it means that it's a very highly curated festival. So they're choosing lineups that can link nicely. And actually what I found when I went last... So last year was the first year, so this is just the second one. Um, what I found last year was that people, like, were in the room for a good chunk of shows. So say they were at the Portland Arms, which is one of the venues, and... Um, I had I had people at my show that had been at the show before and were staying for the next show after, so they'd like very supportive crowd, and it comes from, there used to be a, a comedy club there called Commoners Comedy Club, very lovely audience, um, and that kind of, it's their regulars really that are the bulk of the audience. It felt last year, um, and yeah, even though it was like the hottest day of the year, so hot. And um, my show was at three, I think, last year, and I was like, "There's no way anyone's <laughs> coming to this on this glorious day." But it was completely, completely rammed, um, of really nice people, um, who maybe had been out in the sun too long <laughs> and needed to come inside. <laughs> I don't know, like, but we had loads of fun. Really great, really great lineups as well. Like, like I said, I then went off and watched more shows after mine and yeah really nice day Would would recommend
0: ah we'll look into that one yeah um I want to look ahead and I also want to look at kind of what your traditional sort of year looks like and kind of things that you normally do um but before then you did Leicester mm-hmm. uh this year how was yes. that for you
2: yeah um it was really good fun I did four different shows <laughs>
1: You're crazy. like
2: I know. Who am I? Oh, so I did um, last year's show, Tsunami Rami Rami, uh, my family show, Hysterical Histories. I wrote a double hander last year called How to Act Windy. Uh-huh. I did that one. And, um, and then I did the new show, my first preview of my new show, Storm Stud. Um, <clears throat> and then I did a couple of gigs for the festival themselves so I did um, Comedy in the Dark which is so surreal for a very visual act it was very fun and enjoyable and I did the act in full costume and full props Um, and uh, in the hope that you know because the lights come up when you go on and when you come off in the hope that someone's seeing that um, I really I mean they could hear that I was getting changed obviously. But I was just enjoying my little joke to them. um, If they clocked it, that I'd gone to all of that effort for no No, payoff from them. (laughs) And I was even asking them who they thought I was dressed as at one point. Uh, Obviously, they couldn't. Very, very silly. Very fun. Uh, But I did have a woman in the front row. When I um, do my Romans bit, I get people to sing along with me. And I'd taken a torch in so that I could get down into the audience to ask them. And... um, she was the last person that I gave the microphone to and she leant into the mic and um very aggressively and loudly went I refuse to engage with (laughs) this and um and I went okay (laughs) and then the song ended um and it was a beautiful moment actually because the whole crowd went (gasps) but also I was I was laughing I'm glad that the crowd controlled that and I didn't have to say anything um to that woman but I found it utterly hilarious that she'd leant into the microphone to say it, therefore engaging with it. Um,
0: but it was refusing to engage, but refusing but she to engage. Was engaging.
2: Yeah, and I, I met the people after that were sat next to her, and they were like, we didn't know her. Just so you know, <laughs> we we weren't her friends. And I was like, oh, it's it's okay. I found it quite funny. They're like very aggressive, but quite funny. Um, but I'd had quite an aggressive day that day, and I haven't. I don't. It's not often that I get aggressive people, but there was her and um a guy in my storm stud my first preview of storm stud and he waited after and it's a show about um being given shit advice that you haven't asked for and um a lot of references to all the bullying i've had to endure over the years and he stayed behind after because he only wanted to put one pound in the bucket so he was getting more and more angry that all these people were only putting notes in my bucket and not coins so he couldn't get any change and then eventually somebody put some coins in and he counted it out so I knew that he only had put one pound in and then I'd at this point I'd said oh don't worry go to go to the bar why don't you buy buy a drink with it was like, it's fine if you don't have change not expecting anyone to pay um and he wanted to stay um, until he got his change, just to prove to me that he'd only put one pound in. I was like, you've not really taken on board the themes of this show. Um, <laughs> but that's fine, I'll let you do this. And then um, he w- he'd then decided to tell me all the things he thought was wrong with my show. And um, I said, thank you. Um, I'm not sure if you actually took in any of what I said on stage, otherwise you'd understand that... This is not the conversation that I'm interested in having (laughs) straight after a show. Um, And uh, a couple behind spoke over him and went, We really enjoyed it. Our favourite bit was this. And I was like, thank you. The snail. (laughs) Thank you for being here because this man is being very mean to me right now. Um, Wow. Yeah so uh, I had that and then I had this woman all on the same day I was like actually it's quite good crowd management because I didn't, didn't really have to do much the crowd did it Yeah. Um, it was very people are very odd sometimes but you know maybe he was just embarrassed because he did bully people and give unsolicited advice 24 7 and he wanted to prove that he knew what he was talking about I think that's why he wanted to tell me some really bad advice about my show
0: I think whenever you get people that are a bit like that at first, I'm always like, "God, oh, I dig. I hate that person. That's, that's an idiot." And then, like, when I reflect on it a little bit, I'm like, "They've got problems. Yeah, something's happened in their life that's made them be like this. Yeah. So screw them."
2: Well, it was interesting. Like, I the whole time I was just like, "It's fine. You don't have to like the show." I've not gone oh, this man is who I'm writing this show for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I have I know that my shows are quite niche, so it doesn't actually offend me if people don't like what I'm doing, because I know that I can't... I, uh, there's no possible way 100% of people across the entire world will enjoy the same style of comedy. There's no way. Um, but, yeah, just to have someone very, very aggressively, like... Like on my shoulder for the whole of outgoing watching what people were putting in the bucket getting angry about it making them feel question how much they've th- valued the show as and I was just like, God,
1: like go away what are you doing
2: <laughs> um, and then he stayed for the, ne- the next person's show <laughs> I was like oh, that poor person <laughs> <laughs> have to do with that man um, but yeah Maybe he'll think twice next time before being mean.
0: Mm. Well, probably if, not. if he's listening, that's not the way to behave at that's the end of nice. the show. That's not nice! And if he came to a Cain and Abel show and acted like that around our bucket... Well, I, I don't think he would because we're such we big and tough guys. Yeah, exactly. We're such big scary guys. I'd it's be scared scary, off. He wouldn't even... yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, and where's the other nineteen pounds that you're going to put in that, <laughs> <laughs> in the bucket?
2: <laughs> one pound, like, you know, when you're like, I don't mind, but you, but you have tried to make it very clear that you valued my show at one pound. Yeah. Just put nothing in. That
0: it's like sweet money for me, Nan, isn't it? One pound.
2: One pound. Why do you want me to know that you think my show's worth one pound? Like, very odd. But there you go. Each to their own. This made me sound like a very aggressive person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you
0: so aggressive. I, I know. <laughs> I can see why they gave you that award teaching so you
2: me the award! <laughs> I'm going to get a name for myself as being the most aggressive person. But I did feel that day I was like, oh, am I aggressive am I an aggressive comedian? <laughs> and then I just looked at myself, danced around with a lettuce in in the dark and thought, <laughs> I don't think I yes. particularly am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not that. <laughs> um, who are some of your comedy heroes?
2: Good question. Like ever or like that are currently
0: Let's go I'm with both. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um Well, I Oh, I love loads of people for different reasons. So um, obviously Victoria Wood, but weirdly when I was growing up, I didn't know that that was comedy.
0: Right, well, I think like, I was the same with yeah, Victoria Wood. Like yeah. I knew
2: that I loved it and I found it so funny, but no one had gone. This is this is what comedy can be. Um, so yeah, Victoria Wood. Because she
0: was so different to anything yeah. else you were used to seeing on TV, wasn't it? So exactly. you you'd watch. What you thought was stand up and go? Okay, that's comedy. That's comedy. What Victoria Wood's doing is completely different. That's Victoria Wood. Yeah, yeah. She just works on a train. (laughs) (laughs) I like that lady that works on the train.
2: (laughs) Um, Rowan Atkinson um, and uh, Bill Bailey and Lee Evans, very physical. And these days, like I love watching Spencer Jones and Paul Curry. Alison Firth, Scott, um, Lucy Pearman, just like people that are doing something fun. Basically, they're my.
0: And I think most of those people are just doing what they want to do, aren't they? Yeah, you
2: know? I, that's what it reads as, which is very admirable. And from my angle, I enjoy it more when people are doing something that they find entertaining, because I think there's no there's no pretense. They're all they're not people that maybe that are tailoring their sets to be um fit in a certain box or pigeonhole um I don't enjoy it as much because I feel like that they're, they're not enjoying it as much um yeah, so I always think acts that love what they're doing it, across any style of comedy i mean i've I know I've just um said a whole bunch of people that do character comedy and like physical clowny. Yeah comedy. But um, yeah, across the board, if people are doing comedy, they, they're really enjoying doing. I enjoy it so much. I think I just like watching people have fun.
0: (laughs) Mm. And um, throughout the year then, kind of why are you gigging?
2: Um, Kind of all over, really. Uh, Yeah, I don't really have specific places. (laughs) Are you
0: still doing your night?
2: Yes, yeah. Um, my mate's joke's bringing all the folks to the yard. And yeah.
1: then um,
2: that's on the second... I haven't thought any more through what a parody of that song could be other than that first line. Yeah, that's on the second Sunday of the month at the Tap Rooms in Islington. Um... The next one is on the 12th, and it's got some... Oh, boy, has it got some great acts on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got some beautiful acts on there. Oh, I definitely recommend, definitely recommend coming to that one, for us because it's really good. Well,
0: <laughs> and they know, are all generally your mates as well.
2: They are. Yeah. Um, that's the whole point of the gig. Like, my friends that um, I love... Coming to do their comedy. Some of it's some acts are doing brand new stuff. Other acts are working towards you know getting a set solid, and it's just a nice way of having fun with nice people doing cool comedy. <laughs> um, and on the twelfth, uh, I've got Nick Horseman, Harry Carr, Harriet Brain, and Ben Pope on. So it's going to be what an oh what a nice bunch of people that is. Um, they're all very lovely, two of them you might recognize from musical comedy awards alumni as well oh. um yeah, so it's all designed with the it's all designed with the atmosphere in mind actually um that gig, so I like to have a very mixed bill um with nice people on and get the atmosphere in the room to be nice and welcoming and and warm, so we all have fun Um, and hopefully everyone's got something cool out of it like they've laughed a lot or they've tried some new jokes or they've cemented some old you you know good fun
0: and how do you find running your own night then is it Stressful or Very stressful. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Very stressful. Um yeah, especially I think in London there's so much choice of what to go and see and what to do. Um and you are up against uh, you know, uh, all these fun things that you can do in London and so sometimes that is hard, but then also other times you've got to remember like that's you know, one of the nice things about living in a city is going, Oh, I can do any of these things tonight. Um so yeah, is I think everyone that comes seems to have a really good time and that is the point of it. So it's stressful but it only uh only the week before when I'm like, No sales? <laughs> How do you sell a show in London? <laughs> and then we'll get there and there'll be really nice audience members there and it will just be a good time.
0: And then I guess for you, is it just a really good place to kind of just continuously hone the bits of your show and test new bits out?
2: Um, For me, I think what I get mostly out of the night is um, creating an atmosphere in a room uh, that could uh, could go either way. You know, uh, you guys have done the night and when you did it, it was so fun. It was so rammed. Um, And sometimes it can be completely sold out could like that and sometimes it can be just four audience members but what I'm enjoying is learning that I either way you can get this exact same crowd reaction out of however four people yeah. than you can of 30 um, and it's just yeah that's a really useful skill I think especially going into the fringe festivals <laughs> bless you <laughs> yeah especially going into fringe festivals because you get like you're in the same room every day, so you're gonna have different people every day. Whereas with my comedy club, I might, I uh, have regulars. So if they're there, then great. I know that they're brilliant audience members. Um, but at the at the fringe, it's good to know that like, you can you, you know, what to do, for each day. Yeah. And I get to see cool my friends do like their cool, comedy, which I mean for a selfish reason. That's one of the best perks of it is when you're booking it, making a line up of people that you love and admire and getting to watch them. <laughs> know, like, okay. Worst case scenario you, story, you yeah. get a good well, show? Worst case scenario yeah. I'm having a great time <laughs> watching these amazing people do comedy.
0: And it's got a kick ass bar upstairs as well, isn't it? Yeah. And really good pizzas.
2: Really great pizzas. Yeah, Would I recommend. I thought the pizzas, yeah. pizzas are good, aren't they? Lots of craft beers and ales. Yeah. What more could you want it on a Sunday? It's a
0: good place to spend a Sunday. The tap room, second Sunday of every month. Yeah. Excellent. Well, check that wow. out. Um, and then you also mentioned creating an atmosphere. Yeah. I want to talk about another atmosphere that you create that I didn't know you created huh? until today. The crystal maze experience, you're a maze master.
2: Okay. Tell us all about that. We should probably point out the phraseology you've used. I didn't create the crystal maze. Oh, shit. But you created experiences for people in the crystal maze. Yeah, so um, um, I'm a maze master. So essentially the Richard O'Brien of the live experience, one of the Richard O'Briens. There's like a hundred of us. Um, is
0: there actually a hundred? Pretty, pretty much, 100. yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and they're all everyone working as a maze master is professional comedian, improviser, actor. So everyone's really good, very very good, very funny, very silly. And essentially, my job is just to make people play these games that sometimes are in Im- like they can't do, and just laugh at their failure, and applaud their successes um, and get loads of crystals, so I can watch them inside the crystal dome at the end. <laughs> Trying to grabbing, um, grab pieces of uh, foil tokens out the sky. And it, what a joyous experience.
0: It sounds a lot of fun. So um, is that kind of like a, a day-to-day job? How, how many days are you doing this a week?
2: Yeah, uh, well, it's totally up to us. So it just fits around all of our gig schedules, which makes it kind of like the perfect the perfect Side hustle. job yeah. yeah and they are shows because it is immersive theater so um, you know you're you've got your character but you're also MCing the group and you're also being a game master es- essentially so you you know you've got a lot of responsibility <laughs> um, which maybe maybe too much <laughs> for me <laughs> <laughs> um, and the idea yeah you've got to give them the best the best experience that you can as they go round, and it's so funny because sometimes people are like really not competitive um, but they're just having the most fun and sometimes people come in really competitive, realise that they're, that competitive energy is Great, but they're not going to win all the crystals. But then that's so fun to watch when people are like, we didn't win a crystal. So angry. And you're like, you're not supposed to win all of them. Can you imagine if you could win all of them? That would be like... <laughs> that's almost be business, yeah, <laughs> it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible.
0: Come on, guys.
2: And not uh, All the games are designed so that someone can do them. It's just... It, how it aligns with the person that's gone in if they have the prerequisite skills they might be able to do it yeah Yeah. there's one game that I'm not particularly good at (laughs) I'm way too small for it um but that's okay it's not my game (laughs) but I wouldn't know that until I got in there do you know what I mean so it's very fun um and obviously that's that's what I get to do (laughs) so yeah Every time I go in, I'm like, oh, what a good job I've got, <laughs> just prancing around.
0: And is it mainly like sort of office jollies that people are on there, or is it like big groups of mates, or what's the clientele like? Was Crystal Maze big abroad?
2: So, not many tourists, yeah. um, because they have no idea. It was just a cult hit in the UK.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah, the majority of groups are... Um, You get companies coming in for team building. You get birthday parties. You get groups of friends just having a nice day out. A whole mixture. I had someone on that went on the original live show the other day. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're royalty (laughs) in here. So that was really nice. And she was telling me about what it was like being on there um, and how stressful it was for her on there. Um, And it was quite nice because we actually had one of the games that she'd had in um, when she did it on the live show um, a very similar game and she was like as she went in she was like this is the one that I couldn't do in the show and she was like I'm going to do it and watching her win that crystal from that game everyone was like oh my god you're a giant right now and she's like for 20 years it's been thwarting me um, so that was really like just loads of fun things like that. It's really nice. What a nice job!
0: It sounds great. Um, that's pretty much everything I want to know from you. But I've got a few quick fire questions oh? okay. before we end, um, in the style of the back page of the NME when they have a famous person on and they have to tell you all about their first songs, right? What they liked. So. Okay. We might do a jingle for you Depends how uh, we it. Depends how we do it. <laughs> we
1: do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a game about songs in the style of the back page of the NME. Woo! With Gator Pritchard. <laughs> um, what is the first song you heard that made you want to write music?
2: Oh... I don't know
0: these questions, that's a good question That's a it? really yeah. good
2: question Oh That's really hard Probably Tchaikovsky What a nerd, what a music nerd <laughs> Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies <laughs>
0: How does that one go? That, that's not <laughs> No it's not that one is it That's the Nutcracker um,
2: Because I went to see it uh, When I was like Six or seven yeah, probably that, and I sang along at the ballet and this woman in front of me really got very angry <laughs> with me. But I'd like to point out that I was pretty good at singing when I was six or seven. Like, so I wasn't out of tune. And if, in hindsight, if I was that woman, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this six or seven-year-old loves Tchaikovsky so much. We should reward that yeah. by being like, hey, you're singing really great. Would you mind... If we, if you just sing along after, because then I'd have been like, yeah, sure. But because you turned around and really told me off, I was like, that's not fair because this is Tchaikovsky. <laughs> and I <was> like, <laughs> so I think it was probably that because I used to sing along, used to make harmony lines. <laughs> I was such a nerd. It was either that or, which is now such a shame that um, I can't celebrate this person, Michael Jackson. But um, he, I was obsessed with his music when I was younger. Um, probably one of those two. Yeah.
0: Which is the first album you ever bought?
2: Michael Jackson history. Mm-hmm. You see, but we yeah. can change. Should I change that to the second one I ever
0: bought? <laughs> Which is the second album you ever bought?
2: Um, Now that's what I call dance music, the first ever one. Uh And it had so such good songs in, like Groovers in the heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. it was a really banging CD. Don't remember, still love a lot. (laughs) And I used to listen to it so much that I actually, if I hear a song out and about, I know what song comes next on that CD, still.
0: How many songs are on that CD?
2: Well, it's double CD and there's 21 songs on each, uh, on each album.
0: So, are you saying you can name all 21 in order?
2: I don't think I could, oh. but if I was to hear the song, okay. I would you... go like so after Groove is in the heart, it would go ding ding You see?
0: uh, What was that? um, that, We're playing the intro round. Was that Running with the Night by Lionel Richie? (laughs) (laughs) Do it again?
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you chills, spill. Uh,
0: oh,
2: oh, it's the same song. That's the same
0: song. You come back round, it's skipping. The CD <laughs> skipping. You only had one song in your CD.
2: Just 21 times. <laughs> <laughs> Double CD.
0: Oh, yeah, there's 21 <laughs> songs in this, yeah. Well,
2: 42 tends uh, They're just all grooves in the heart.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Bullied at the ballet, given mm. one. One song singles. Um, what is the first song you ever written wrote?
2: Oh, um, I don't think I would remember the name of it, but I, I uh, the the Can band. Can you sing it? No. Oh. Well, so I, in primary school, I tried to make uh, my best friend be in a band with me and she was incredibly reluctant but i did all the poster art for it and everything um and i don't think we recorded any songs because that was before equipment like that was readily available um but i remember spending ages on this artwork and i think we were called something like kc and char because her name was charlotte kc and char yeah i don't know who kc is
0: <laughs> like as if i, yeah, I, I that's
2: obviously mm. tr- meant to be me that's but, your
0: pop star name yeah hey. kc
2: but KC. k and a c so
0: you
2: not K and a T. No. K- no. What, who would do that?
0: Or KP. You could have been KP. Oh, well. But KC. KC. Who's she? Do you think you had a mystery surname?
2: I think so. I think I just wanted to be cool.
0: You sound KC Cool. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, Katie Cool. Katie <laughs> K- Cool. Katie <And laughs> sounds good cool And Shar.
1: And Shar instead of Charlotte. Shar. Her
0: chubby little friend. <laughs> yeah.
2: no, no one ever called her Shar either. So, yeah. I mean, like, again, plucked out of nowhere. But that poster art must have fed itself to having Casey and Shah on the front. Um, so I, I don't remember any of the songs that we wrote then, because I would have been about eight or nine. But um, I remember <laughs> um, when I got to uh, A-level, at uh, GCSE and A-level music, um, my songs were quite sad, really. And um, my friend asked me to write the lyrics to his song. Um, and he'd sent me the song and um, I'd wrote these, written these lyrics and he actually said to me after, he was like, please never write a song again because I've just bawled my eyes out. Those lyrics are so sad. This is supposed to be an uplifting dance track. <laughs> <laughs> and i did be like, why don't you love it? <laughs> He was like, you're only 18. <laughs> why are you so sad? Um, So I didn't write a song for a while after that And then I started to write stupid songs And I was like, oh, this is much better for me (laughs) I might die tomorrow (laughs) Why are you so sad, Katie?
0: (laughs) I'll hide my pain in comedy for now (laughs) Which song do you wish you'd written?
2: Good, excellent questions Um I don't know. Uh, oh, that's such a good question. I'm really thinking about it. Can you see? It's not just. I the can song. see you thinking. Um, you've
0: got your you've got your <coughs> fist under your chin. <laughs>
2: because there's a lot of songs that I wish that I'd written. Um, because sometimes, like for me, music's really important to me. So I'm always listening to music. So it's hard. I think I don't have a favourite song really or anything, but I think maybe one that would come close is probably um, God only knows. Because what I do about you. <laughs> what an epic song! It's got orchestra. It's got yeah. great BVs, harmony line, lovely lyric content. Yeah, probably that one.
0: Do you know what Brandon Flowers' answer was to that question? No. When right. did you interview
2: Brandon Flowers? <laughs> You went there <sighs> in,
0: I've interviewed many people So that's how that I about. take a couple of weeks off yeah. From podcasting Yeah, the Brandon Flowers episode's going to be big when uh. that drops um, He said, America by Razorlight Really? And that surprised me
2: Is that, well I guess that's like something that he could have written
0: Yeah Yeah, he so well, he's he answered could, it he as he He's answered
2: as in, it properly like
0: Oh uh, I think God I only knows is something that, that
2: I is far beyond my capabilities. But I wish I had the capabilities to write something like that.
0: I tell you who I think's got the capabilities to write that. What Casey and Char?
2: Casey and Char. <laughs> they were big. They were big in nineteen
0: ninety three. Oh,
2: wow! Were they? No. I don't know. Yeah, if the, yeah, I've just plucked a, yeah. a year out of the air there. I think. Probably they were probably big then. In
0: nineteen ninety three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, final question, and it's a bit of a somber one, but don't blame me. Blame the back pages of the enemy, because right. this is how they always end it. Okay. These, so you've just ripped these questions out of the enemy. These are the exact. Do the uh, enemy know that you've
2: done that, and you've said the enemy so many times. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Okay.
0: It's and it's you know it's not what it used to be, is it? It's free. Oh. It's not even I
2: remember. I remember back in the day going to so enemy nights. NME, yeah. Did you go to the live nights?
0: Yeah, the enemy tour we went on. <gasps> yeah, well, um, we were more Birmingham boys. Right, you know? oh, right. Yeah, we had to wait till it came up. Came yeah, up to O2 Academy. Because
2: I saw um, the Kaiser Chiefs before they really went massive. And I'm pretty sure Ricky sang to me individually. I think, <laughs> I think he pointed me out and I went, Who's this bad? And then three weeks later dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I was like, oh
0: there's them <laughs> I I think they did an enemy tour one year that was block party Kaiser cheese. Arctic monkeys, We are scientists, and then maybe the Yeah Yes. Yeah, Oh my really? goodness! Yes, I think that's that was. Can the you imagine fall. that? Yeah, but obviously in it was, a in a in a sweaty little yeah. dirty proper venue. Oh,
2: Ooh. we were treated beyond our wildest imaginations we when we were younger. Yeah,
0: and whilst I'm you know admitting to plagiarising all of the enemy's questions for this mm-hmm. interview, what I also used to do was go to W H Smith and read the whole of the enemy when I couldn't afford it. But there'd be like three or oh, so four. rock and roll! There'd be like three or four other guys doing it. There Everyone was so did it. So much
2: more rock and roll. than Everyone I thought used you to
0: read in W. H. Smiths, didn't you? And yeah. They'd never go.
2: They're jogging no. along now. Bloody library. Yeah.
0: That's the problem, isn't it? That's why they all. That's why the enemy went out of business, and that's why Zoo and Nuts went out of business. Because you just go read a bit of Zoo, read a bit of Nuts, read the enemy, leave, buy four, four, two. Would
2: you? how long are you thinking that you're spending in WH Smith there? Hour? Wow.
0: I'm happy to be there for an hour. Half an hour maybe.
2: Me and my neighbour used to sm- share Smash Hits magazine. Because <laughs> I wasn't allowed to buy it, but she was. So then I'd pop over and then she'd be like, you can take it home. And then I'd be like, oh my God. But Why it meant that I never got the free it? CDs. I mean, not allowed the, the magazines. Raunchy. Very strict. <laughs> very raunchy.
0: They were raunchy. They, were they would have shit.
2: like... Photos of like pop stars without in there. Shirts, huh? Well, I remember like that guy, Aaron Ricketts. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they and he had, they had a photo of it. I only remember because I got really told off for it, um, but they had a photo of him and he had his shirt undone and he was just like standing there. And I was like, this guy looks cool. Put his poster up. Didn't, I hadn't heard his music or anything. And my mum was like, get that off your wall. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, he's just a pop star. He's got his shirt undone! <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> to be fair, I've never heard his song, so I was like, alright, mum, I'll take it down. But I'll replace it with someone fully clothed who I do know the music of. So I was like, fine! There you go, that was a fun little tidbit from my. Who went up? Um. <laughs> someone that we can't name. <laughs> Voldemort. Yeah. The yeah. Voldemort of the music business went up. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Can you imagine if Voldemort was in a band? Anyway.
0: He is. (laughs) He was in a band. (laughs) The final sombre question. Right. But please blame the editors of the NME if this is too sombre for you. What song would you like played at your funeral?
2: Oh, that is a very sombre question. Um... <laughs> Just a pause for silence. So I all Let that, all the pause that. Let, that um, let that sink in with everyone. <laughs> <Let them all laughs> it'll like,
0: it will be It like this. Will play like what song would you like uh, played at you? If you're bad by Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Who's bad? Um, you are. <laughs> you are
2: stop mentioning him, yeah. Katie. Um, oh, that's a really hard question. God only knows what I'd do without you. Probably.
0: Yeah. Why that's not? A that's nice a good song. funeral or something.
2: Yeah. Although, right.
0: I'd have a little cry.
2: Yeah, but I wouldn't want. I I think I'd want something actually that would in in illicit joy.
0: Yeah.
2: But um, off the top of my head, all that's have... going on in my head is joyful, joyful love. <laughs> 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 um, but well, some... one
0: of your own smash hits at you. You're sure that would be.
2: Can you imagine? At my funeral, I'd like you to play my song about <laughs> lettuces.
0: <laughs> I'd be amazed if uh, I outlive you, but if I do outlive you, I will go to your funeral dressed as a snail.
2: <laughs> that should be the stipulation. Everyone's got to enter in their best snail impression. Um, With a kazoo. With a kazoo. (laughs) Playing Flight of the Mum would be at the same time. Um, Yeah, no, I... Do you know what? I don't know. Pass. I don't know. Something that it would... I'd have to sit and think about it, but it would have to be a song that's, like, fun and happy and something that reminds people of a a happy memory. Not like... (sighs) Because... (laughs) Because, you know, that's you know, that's maybe how they feel already. They don't need a song for that. They need a song to bring them back up.
0: Yeah, so that so we can really enjoy the buffet yeah. style. That beige buffet. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> you don't you want to get... cry in two cocktail sausages.
2: Yeah. No, you want to have a celebration. Yeah, not a downer.
1: <laughs> Breaking <laughs> <the> times, Canada. <coming. laughs> It's a celebration. <laughs> There's a party.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine that would be a, that would be a weird choice, but would be so funny if you were if you had no uh, emotional links with the person and you watched a funeral. Like why would you watch a funeral <laughs> if it's a TV show? But they're playing celebration. What a juxtaposition. They're playing, It wouldn't be as crass as that, but like something that's fun. Celebration, yeah, but not celebration because that would be too much. Yeah,
0: awesome. Well, we've run out of room on the uh, NME. Oh. on the page of the NME. Yeah, <laughs> we've got it. Oh, we <laughs> we've so got onto the back page with all the. Oh gosh, the I'm stuff. so sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that'll do for me. That'll do. Thanks, Katie. That'll do for me. Yeah.
2: Oh, are you sure?
0: I think so. Okay. And is is there think... anything else you want to say?
2: No, I was just yeah. thinking you. Is there anything you want to say? No. Did no. you want to
0: say anything, Ed? No. No. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to mention your shoes? Now this is the time to mention your shoes.
2: Ed took his shoes off and he's got a hole in his socks. I feel like that's right that and just this, that you know that.
0: That wasn't the story about shoes I was going to tell. Oh, right. I ordered a pair of shoes and they sent the wrong ones. And oh, that's yeah. just why I've been a little on edge right. for the whole, I did the whole time I've been here. I feel quite a tense it's energy. I just, you know, a bit distracted. <laughs> it's why I... Looked at my phone at that one point to see what my email from them was all about. Shit. Yeah. Is it sorted? it <laughs> time.
1: Come on. Hey, I put
0: some new shoes on and turned the mirror. Everything's all right.
1: Guide (laughs) (laughs) at your service, (laughs) Uh, and basically, what I do is I bring history to life live before your very eyes. Whoa, is that an authentic Roman toga? I see, (laughs) yes, yes, it is. (laughs) So, I'm going to talk about the Romans and about how um, they conquered the world. Because it wasn't just because they had a very fetching outfit, it's because they had a very catchy theme tune as well And according to my research, their theme tune went a little bit like this (laughs) I got my toga around, now i have got to take over your town Back off, back off your own, by the Roman Empire now I don't care what you say, and I don't care what you do And just so long as you know I'm in charge of you I'm roaming, 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 roaming What? I'm roaming, 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 roaming Come on, I'm roaming, roaming, roaming What? I'm roaming you will love what we bring to our conquerors. We bring food, we bring drinking, irrigation waters. You wouldn't have toilets without us Romans. Let me make that real clear. Stop saying you don't want us here. We got an army so strong we could win any battles. So step back down and let us in with no hassle. All we want to do is just be in charge with our boys. You know, Caesar leading us. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, when I wrote this, um, I thought a lot more Limb fans would come to my gigs. So we're strapping, we go. I hear what you say and I hear what you do And just as like, long as you know I'm in charge of you I'm Roman Join in if you know it I'm Roman Yes yeah. Come on up, Roman. What? When I say Roman, you say Roman Roman, Roman, Roman When you say Roman, I say Roman Roman, Roman. To be three hours to write that bit Very slow. Back off, back up your old brother, brother and I do you say, and I don't care what you do, and just as so long as you know I'm in charge of you. Yes! Come on! What? Right, 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 right. Yes! Oh. Oh. Bit of burlesque. <laughs> so for everyone. Okay, guys. Um, <laughs> Before I start, um, has anybody here um, ever seen the the, the, <laughs> the the bear? Has anyone here seen the bear tapestry? Yeah, don't yeah. <laughs> um, Don't worry if you've not. <laughs> what I've done um, is I've made a very handy sightseeing song. Uh, so if you do go and see it, um,
2: you know the best bits to look out for. Oh, it's not bigger.
1: <laughs> As we look around, can everyone see? Yeah. And <laughs> there's a man half the size of everyone else, and he don't have a shield, but he's got something else. Don't People don't you understand? These riders need a helping hand. Riding with straight legs ain't gonna get you far. Who's taller than that? Horses doing headstands and people flying through the air. Was this fight scene choreographed by Matthew Bourne? It's beautiful is that. An aroused man watches. Why is he there? As a priest slaps a woman in the face, he stares at them as she falls from grace. And My question is, why does he have four balls? why is this ding-along longer than his calf? So many
0: questions